Good morning, everybody. This is Friday Favor. Friday Favor. I'm going to, today I'm going to talk about the cross. About the cross. You know, this Sunday is, is Palm, Palm Sunday. This Sunday is Palm Sunday. And I want to talk about the cross. I'm going to give you seven sentences from the cross that Jesus spoke from the cross and when I looked at this this is what my theme was going to talk about this morning and all this week and next week I'm going to be talking about the cross and I want you to understand I'm going to talk about the cross I'm going to talk about the blood but also going to talk about the resurrection but today I'm talking about seven sentences from the cross that Jesus said on the cross. Jesus spoke seven phrases on the cross right before he died and then he rose again three days later. Dear Heavenly Father, let's go to the word of prayer. My name is Pastor Stephen with Kingdom Wisdom Ministries. Let's go into the Word of God. We'll go into the Word of Prayer. Dear Jesus, Heavenly Father, we come to you say thank you for today. Today we got favor in you. Give us prosperity today. God, give us the mind of clearing today. Give us victory today because we got victory in you we got the blood of dna in you and i'm going to say thank you for the bottom of my heart and i'm going to say thank you for dying on the cross paying the debt that i owe and you rose again you fought three days in hell to get the keys of opportunity for us and now you're on the throne saying we got it lord jesus in your name i pray that the words i say speak to somebody today in your name I pray. Amen. The first thing that Jesus said on the cross was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. While he was dying on the for you, while he was dying for you, he was praying for you. While he was dying for you, he was praying for you. Forgiveness is the primary reason for the cross. Jesus gave us an example of true forgiveness. Most of us forgive when someone says, I'm sorry. That is not forgiveness. That's an accepted apology. Forgiveness occurs while the blood was still running down Jesus' arms. Can you forgive when he's still bleeding? When the wound is still fresh, forgiveness is the most powerful weapon on earth. It disarms Satan. Forgiving someone means not wanting them to pay them anymore. You see, Jesus is teaching us the importance of forgiveness. No, marriage was last without forgiveness. We are flawed people, and many of the blessings God has for us, we are held up because we refuse to forgive. Unforgiveness damages you more than it does. Unforgiveness damages you more than it does the person you hurt you. It's giving the person who hurt you power over your life. Unforgiveness like a drinking poison while expecting the other person to die. 
not going to happen. The only one you're killing is you. Jesus not only forgive us, but also said, Father, forgive them. Many times we just want God to get them back. Get them, God. Well, if you truly forgive them, you pay. also pray like Jesus did. Father, forgive them. Pray for the grace of God to cover those who hurt you. God's judgment is a whole lot worse than yours. So ask God to forgive them too. Number two, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise is not heaven. Paradise was the waiting place that Old Testament saints went to after death. Like David and Abraham, that's the right. Jesus had not risen yet to know sooner none of them could go to heaven. Jesus had to go to paradise first and redeem the saints of old. Matthew 27, 50 says that after Jesus died, the rock split open and many holy people came out of their tombs and walked around the city. Jesus went and got them out of paradise. If the waiting place was called paradise, heaven must have been amazing. Before he got us, he had to get them. He got you so he could get them. Jesus didn't just say you for you. He had many people in mind when he saved you. When God saved Billy Graham, he had millions in mind. God is never just talking to one person. When he talked to Adam, he was talking to humanity. When he talked to Abraham, he was talking to nations. When he talked to the 12 disciples, he was talking to the church. When God spoke to you, he's speaking to every, everything, everyone connected to you. Number three, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When Jesus said those words, the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. What Jesus was saying to the temple, he was saying that this is the last day God dwelt in a building. God would no longer live in a temple, but now he would live in his people. That's right. The Holy Spirit left the temple when Jesus uttered those words and then filled God's people in Acts chapter 1. God was no longer dwelling in a building made with man's hands, but in us. The church is not a building. The church is a people. The Bible calls us living stones. In 1 Peter 2.5, the church is now the body of Christ, the people of God. Jesus saying, now the kingdom that was with them will be in them. The kingdom of God is now living inside of you. Jesus gave up, gave up his spirit so you can receive his spirit. The Bible tells in Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of God is not in a building anymore. Now the glory of God is in his people, you and me. Number four, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is the only time in New Testament where Jesus addressed his father as God. Jesus always addressed God as father because his relation to the father. But on the cross, Jesus become, became like us, distant from the father forsaken. Remember, he took our place. He cried out, my God, on the cross. It's the only time Jesus ever knew the father from a distance calling him God. Normally people call him God because they don't know him personally as the father. But Jesus called him God so you could call him father. Jesus knew him from a distance on the cross so you can know him close as your father in heaven. Hallelujah. Number five, mother, here's your son. Jesus is the word of God, so he made the word of God to teach. Jesus made sure he took care of his family, even in the death. Jesus told John to become like son to Mary and take care of her. Family is your greatest investment. Jesus made sure they were taken care of. Hear also the word that he says, honor your father and mother. Jesus showed honor to his earthly mother. 
the one who raised him and cared for him. Honoring your parents is very important to God. A parent is a life source. We must always show honor to those who gave us life, both physical and spiritual. That means you should honor your spiritual parents, your mentors, your fathers in the faith, faith, so back into them because they gave us so much to you. Honoring the New Testament gate can be translated as money, termed the great text. We should honor the life sources on earth that God put it in our lives. Send them gifts, offerings, pay for your parents' travels and expenses. Don't always look for something from them, but give something to them and make sure they are taking care of Jesus did. Six, I am thirsty. Of all the sensations that Jesus feel on the cross, the pain, the sin, the way, the shame, it seems weird that he would even recognize that he was thirsty. Of course, Jesus didn't talk about a physical thirst. That There were too many other things going on in his body at that moment. Jesus telling us that spiritual thirst, having been separated from the presence of God on the cross, this was the only time Jesus ever felt the absence of God. He felt depravity or inability to know the spirit's presence of the Father. He was thirsty for the presence of God. He became thirsty so he became, we could be satisfied. In fact, the Bible says they put vinegar on the sponge and tried to give it to him, and he pushed away because he was not talking about physical thirst, but spiritual thirst. A life separated from the living word of God's presence, Jesus said to the woman at the well, but whoever drinks the word shall I give you, shall never thirst again. Jesus didn't tell the woman to not be thirsty. He just told her to switch wells. See? That's what church does so often. Instead of telling the world where to find the water, we just tell them not to be thirsty. That's ridiculous. We thirsty because God gave us desire for him. The world is drinking from the wrong well like the woman. They're trying to squinch. They're thirsty to to cup pleasure. They simply don't last. We need to let them know where the real water is. His name is Jesus. Jesus became thirsty so our thirst could be a quench. It is finished. Seven. It is finished. John 19, 30 says, probably the one phrase that struck fear in the heart of the enemy more than any other. In the Greek, this phrase means depth discharge. At this point, Jesus was saying, my task is complete. The depth against humanity is charged off. When depth is charged off, it means that you no longer have to pay it. The invoice that you owe God that was more than you could ever pay has stepped at the bottom paid in full. Written in red letters with the blood of Jesus. If you put your faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, you will never have to pay for your sins. Jesus already paid it for you on the cross. It is finished. Over-resolved. Forgiven. Removed. Lifted. Taken away. When someone in the Roman culture had a debt that couldn't pay against them, the Creator could mail, would mail, nail the papers on the doorpost of the house. So everyone who walked by the house saw the debt nailed to the post knew how much they owed. Well, Jesus nailed our death to the post of the cross, and everyone would look at it and see him, and not our death anymore. Hallelujah. Jesus said, it is finished. Pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer for me. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, and the blood that broke every curse and released every blessing in over my life. Now I apply that blood to every area of my life. I believe that you are the restorer of everything that I lost. Jesus came into my heart. Jesus come into my heart. Take my sins and mistakes and wash me by your blood. I give you my life and I receive your life now. In Jesus' name, amen.
Have a blessed and wonderful Friday. And have a great weekend. I probably won't be on this weekend. I'm going to spend time with my family. I want you to remember, Jesus is everywhere you go. You can make a difference to somebody. Be blessed.